This is Most of Musa podcast episode number 4. My today's guest is a dancer, a model, an illustrator and a graphic designer. Welcome, Michelle, how are you? Thank you. I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for coming. So, how did you start with graphic design? I didn't know you were a graphic designer. Um actually, it's been a big process of how I even became like a graphic designer, I guess. Um well, it started mostly from a young age. I've always been drawing since I was like 3 years old. I just always picked up the pen and like to draw in front of the TV. Um and my original dream was for a long time it was to become an animator. I really wanted to uh, do cartoons and um animate for a big studio like Disney or Pixar or something like that. Um and I was really aspiring to become like a game designer, like a character designer. because I wrote, I was really into like role playing for a long time mm-hmm. so I created characters for myself as like not just for fun but I think also it was kind of like a coping mechanism <laughs> for me because I really like to be inside my own head mm-hmm. a lot like it was my uh, way of expressing my emotions through like uh creating like different worlds for mm-hmm. myself uh so it's always been a thing for me to be able to create things through pictures. Uh so it came became like a very natural thing just to become more interested in graphic design because it's always been um it's just been the greatest thing for me to do in life mm-hmm. to create and communicate through drawings or through pictures because I wasn't always the greatest at communicating your words and i still feel a bit self-conscious about it so for me uh expressing myself through like not just through pictures and drawing but through dancing and other self-expressions it makes me more confident and that's who i am as a person so for me um that's kind of my journey i guess mm-hmm. and like a few words i would say to becoming like more interested in graphic design did you like have a formal education did you take any courses or is it all self taught it's all self taught um like i didn't even know that graphic design was a thing until like a few years ago i just thought you could become like an artist or an illustrator and that was it but then i uh, realized that there's other career options for me as an artist and and that was true like yeah well working with graphic design and um i kind of realized that through my former education which was marketing communication which was more like strategic towards marketing basically but i felt like i wasn't really comfortable being uh, like a strategist for um commercials and stuff i was more into just creating visual stuff like mm-hmm. illustrations or uh, uh movies or films like that kind of stuff made me more interested and um yeah so that's what i'm trying to focus on more now you mentioned that you use it as a coping mechanism or maybe like a distraction yeah uh most of the people i know like they develop their hobbies or like passion mostly not just because that they like to do it but they like to do it because it gives them a platform or like an outlet to express their emotions through whatever art they're doing it's like a distraction in a way that distracts them from like their issues or like their Definitely. problems yeah I think. i think it's uh pretty true i'm glad that i found that as like my way of coping and expressing my feelings because there are tons of different ways to um like self harm and um yeah harming yourself in uh, mm-hmm. ways that are really toxic uh but through drawing and um kind of getting away from that mindset through just channeling my energy through art i think it made me become stronger as a person and i realized that i have self worth in myself mm-hmm. um so yeah i think I'm pretty happy that it turned out this way mm-hmm. even though I know that maybe I won't be able to become the animator I wanted to be from the beginning cuz that's not my main goal right now in life to become my career basically mm-hmm. or uh, to become like my passion basically um cuz I think 
it's not the way I want to live my life, like uh, drawing every day, like mm-hmm. every hour, because that's what I did basically um, my whole life until like high school. So mm-hmm. for me, kind of moving away from that makes me realize like I have other things I can enjoy in life as well. So yeah, I still feel like it's a part of me, but it's not the entire mm-hmm. part of me. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Do you consider yourself an introverted person? I am, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still have like a hard time communicating with a lot of people. I like prefer to just um, get to know people one by one mm-hmm. or like a smaller group of friends because I feel like that's how you actually get to know a person on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. But of course, it could be fun to just hang out with tons of new people like mm-hmm. a few times, but it would tired me out pretty quickly if I did that like every day so yeah for sure kind of similar as well I consider myself introverted by the same time I like to meet new people get to know other people's stories that's like one of the reasons I started this podcast is like I like people's stories like the the fact that they're around what 8 billion people in the world and every yeah. single person has a different story has a different experience exactly and you can always find something to learn from another person For sure. Yeah, I usually tell myself that every encounter I have in life with another person that I've never met or like am I like someone I'm supposed to meet is like a new experience and uh, it will bring something uh, to the table and it will like form me into the person I am basically. Mm So for me, there's no meetings that are a waste of time, basically. Mm-hmm. I see it as like an opportunity to grow. If I talk about photography as my own passion or hobby, it's also like when I'm feeling down, I'm feeling depressed. And then I force myself to do, go out and take pictures because my like depression is telling me, no, stay home, be lazy, don't get out of bed or blah, blah, yeah. blah. But if I just force myself to get my camera, get out, even if I sometimes I go out into the city and I live kind of far away from the city, I go to the city, I force myself and sometimes I go out, I don't even take any pictures. I just mm. have the camera with me Yeah. And now, or I would take pictures. I wouldn't like any of them. But just the the act of going out with the camera and then coming back home, I feel like a completely different person. Just yeah. feels so good. And if I get like good pictures, then it's like uh, uh, like super great. Yeah, it's just yeah. a bonus. Yeah, yeah. But like taking the time to get out, that's what actually makes a difference. And I think uh, even if the outcome isn't what you uh wished for from the beginning it still gave you something mm-hmm. um so i think it's really awesome that you take photos like for yourself yeah thank yeah you, thank you so there's always this dichotomy of when you're doing an art yeah like you wanna pre- uh, make the art good because you want other people to appreciate it but at the same time on the other hand you want to make it as good so you like it as well right and Sometimes those things can be conflicted because yeah, for sure. the art I want to do, the t- pictures I want to take versus what's popular in the media, what what's getting more likes on Instagram or other people like mm-hmm. is completely different. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, should I do what I like? Should I? Because, I mean, as an artist, you crave attention. Artists want to yeah. show their work to other people and get appreciated. So it's like a conflict between myself what should I do should I please people should I yeah I see myself Mm. a lot in you like that's what I've always struggled with and that's also what gave me a lot of like pain because I felt like either I do it for myself but then I'll compare myself to others that are more popular than me or that have more success than me than like thinking about my own self growth Mm. and like (laughs) developing more as an artist and it's like hard to accept the fact that well social media controls most of your career right now Mm. it's like it's an obvious fact that it will either make or break it um, if you really want to become a creative person and I think it's really harmful to a lot of young people because I remember when I was young that um, I used to upload my art on a certain art page and then I would see a lot of creative artists that are like really popular because they do what the mainstream wants them to do but maybe they're not happy 
Like that's what、mm-hmm. you think you, that they're happy because they have so much attention, but you don't think about how they feel about their art, and maybe they're not happy. You know, it's like it's not just about creating things to please someone; it's also about reflecting on what you're doing your, to yourself. Because、mm-hmm. um, it's、uh, something that I've th- thought about a lot as like an artist and as a creative person is that people take for granted for a lot of time and effort you put into things. Like people think it's really easy to just make a picture、mm-hmm. uh, for someone. When it's really not, they don't think about how much time you've invested in trying to perfect your craft、mm-hmm. and trying your best to become like a great artist、mm-hmm. for other people and do what they imagined、uh, to like. Because it's not just like copy paste. You can't just take a picture in your mind、mm-hmm. and put it on piece of paper like that. It takes like a lot of time and patience and like. Practice,、mm-hmm. um, but people still bias like other subjects more than like art, just because. And this society is just not the norm to、uh, be like successful within like、mm-hmm. uh, creative uh, careers, which I think is a shame because we use pictures for everything. Like anything needs a picture. It's just that,、um, yeah, I don't know. It's. It's just not as appreciated, I、mm-hmm. think, as someone who would, I don't know, be able to express themselves really well through like presentations or like、um, being able to write a really good text, you know.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's <laughs> interesting for sure. No, creating something original is super hard nowadays,、yeah. and、um, I wish there was. A measurement of like、uh, something, a machine or something to measure mental stress.、Mm-hmm. Like you can measure time. Okay, it took me four hours to get this job done, and I want my money accordingly. But if there was like a meter to hey,、yeah. I put in this much mental stress and、yeah. I want the money accordingly, that、right. would be super helpful to artists. Yeah, that would be like the dream to just be able to know、mm. exactly. Uh, how you're feeling, but now、uh, maybe in the future, who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Elon Musk with his neural link thing, <laughs> he'll develop something. <laughs> I think he's、um, different, yeah, for yeah. sure. But it's different people who are artists or who are like innovators. Who, if everyone is the same, then we're not gonna create anything. Yeah,、mm. for I sure. I think、uh, I recently, I think it, today, I read a quote about Winston Churchill that、mm-hmm. during World War Two. Like they were planning to cut like funding for like arts and stuff in schools to like、uh, save up money and budget and everything,、mm-hmm. and so someone when they came to him and told him, okay,、uh, we want to cut arts from the school curriculum. He said, if you cut off arts, then what are we fighting for? Yeah, exactly. I mean, but、mm-hmm. that's so true though.、Mm-hmm. Like I think people look down on like art just because. <laughs> Maybe it's not as direct, you know. It's easier to interpret like art than something that's more concrete,、uh, like I don't know, natural sciences、yeah. or something like that. That's really like statistics, you know. So in a way, I guess it'll always be like a certain norm about it. But who knows? Yeah, I think one of the reasons is because. People perceive art differently. For someone, a painting could be really beautiful and mean something. For other person, could be just a few lines on a canvas. It doesn't、yeah. mean anything. While in science, you can, hey, that's a cool car. It goes really fast. Everyone can agree on it. Yeah, exactly. I guess that's why、um, it's hard for people to just accept the fact that、mm-hmm. art could be as meaningful.、Mm-hmm. I guess. My mother、uh, is like a professional artist, and she's been an art teacher for over fifteen years. Oh, But、cool. I suck at doing art, so I took the easy way and took like a camera to take pictures. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy. <laughs> no, like, it's, it's not easy. It's still like technique、yeah. based. Yeah. But、sure. I'm envious of people who can just create something with their hand and something really original. Yeah, but I mean, you take really good photos,、oh, and、um, I mean, you con- contributed to the fact that I'm in an agency today. Oh, what? Yeah, congratulations! Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> no, like I sent a few photos to a model agency, and、mm-hmm. I was like, 
just gonna do it for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sent your photo, and now it's actually on the web page oh, uh, as my portfolio. Congratulations! So, thank I'm you really so happy much. for you. Yeah. So, what's this journey like? When I think we, when we had the first photo shoot, you had yeah. no plans to becoming a model no, or anything. You were just doing it <laughs> just for the fun of it. Yeah. So yeah. how how did they dis- did did you decide? The thing is, I've never seen myself like as a model. I've never thought like, wow, this could be my thing. Mm-hmm. I was always like kind of shy in front of the camera and I felt like I've never felt like really beautiful until I started taking photos. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know why, but I think I kind of realized that I've been seeing myself in a way that's not true to what other people perceive me as. Mm-hmm. And uh it's like a self-acceptance, mm-hmm. I guess, that um modeling has become a form of expression for me cuz mm-hmm. then I can actually see on like a piece of paper that I can actually look really good and like mm-hmm. feel really beautiful mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to do with like what kind of makeup i have or yeah. like what kind of style the photographer has it just has to do with like the concept of someone else took a picture of me in a way that took a lot of time and effort and edited this picture for me um so i can look like this mm-hmm. and like that makes me appreciate like the work behind it and that makes me really proud that I could actually be the model for that photographer. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, I feel like it's a very meaningful job to me and it doesn't really have to do with anything else. And it's just like mere co- like coincidence that I got accepted to an agency that actually wants to use me for like real like for other companies mm-hmm. and stuff. So, yeah, no, but like <laughs> I guess it started first when a friend actually took a picture of me he was like i'm starting out as a photographer do you just want to stand in front of a camera and i was like yeah why not like i guess i can do that for you you know cuz he was a friend and uh, i just thought it would be fun um i didn't really think much of it and then uh, he had like an instagram for his mm. photography and uh, i guess other photographers followed him so they start to send me dms yeah. and ask if um, i wanted to take some photos with them so it's just been like a fun hobby basically and um, for me it's just fun because <laughs> i get to meet other people that are creative and talk with them about their interests and what they're passionate about. So for me it's like an outlet to just meet other people. That's what I've been enjoying the most while modeling. So yeah, that's what I've done mm-hmm. in my journey as a model, I guess. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking forward to see like where else like forward you go. Yeah, for awesome. sure. So everyone has some kind of insecurity like people with their height with their voice or whatever mm. physical appearances mental appearances it could be whatever but to see like people try to accept that and accept like they are as beautiful as you are like you mentioned you had insecurity about oh I'm not a good model I don't look good in pictures but mm. now you accepted the whole that whole part of you and that's really beautiful to see yeah thank you Yeah, no, for sure. Um I mean I, I can't say that I'm perfect. I still have a lot of insecurities, but uh I think <laughs> modeling has been a way for me to uh take a step forward mm-hmm. towards the right direction into mm-hmm. accepting myself. And uh I think you should only do modeling if you feel that way. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't you shouldn't feel the opposite way then it creates like a really bad image for like what modeling has to do with like mm-hmm. career wise like what it means to people cuz like i know a lot of models that have been unfortunately really like tortured by the modeling industry and mm-hmm. i feel really bad for them because they have to go through all these standards of what beauty is and the commercial industry and i feel like that's so messed up and uh, i feel like it doesn't have to be like that um but it is and it's the reality we live in that there'll always be some kind of standard of what what's 
beautiful and what's trending right now. And um, I mean, that's always going to be thing, I think, unfortunately, because people, like human beings as a whole, we always want what we don't have. Yeah. Uh, and we're very jealous of what we don't own. And that has to do with appearances sometimes. Well, most of the time, uh, within like the modeling industry, at mm -hmm. least. And um, yeah, I think it's a shame. And I think there should be a lot of more, like more like stricter laws about how you can um, treat models mm -hmm. because there's been a lot of mistreatments uh, towards younger girls like so many cases of people um just treating them like they're not people yeah and that's really messed up because i mean what how did you even grow up to think like mm. oh they're just like objects in objects. front of the camera yeah i feel like that has to change definitely it has to change yeah yeah no, I feel a lot of progress in that field where you see, like, uh, like when I was young, it's really interesting to see the progression of what's trendy. Mm -hmm. When I was young, it's like super trendy to be like very skinny, but now it's more trendy to be like thick and you know yeah. a bit. Yeah, it's really funny. And then everyone has their own preferences. Like one person could like skinny girls, one person could like short girls, one person could like whatever. You know, yeah. everyone has their preferences, but. I wonder, like, who sets the standards? Like, who sets this? Okay, this whole industry, models should be tall and skinny. That's it. And yeah. after a few years, who decides, okay, this year, models should only be, like, a bit curvy. Like, it's really weird to I mean, set it, something like that. I mean, I would say it's the male gaze. Mm -hmm. um, it's always been, like, even when I studied fashion for a little bit, they always talked about, well... It's kind of like, like it's always been very patriarchal to um, view fashion in a way because it does have to do with like both about white privilege and like the male gaze, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. Like not just in fashion, but also in film and like other types of media, anything like the object objectification of women yeah. has always been a thing. Mm. Um, so I think it has to do with that a lot of it. But then I know there's like a lot of like for fashion forecasters or whatever mm -hmm. that kind of work with what's going to trend and what's mm -hmm. going to be like the next thing. Mm. Um, but I really think it has to do with a lot of white privilege yeah, <laughs> because yeah. if you look at like uh, big fashion magazines and look at how many people that are white you can't you can't uh, just look past that mm -hmm. fact uh, it's always been very dominant in the fashion industry and um, I think it's changing because like my agency exists just mm -hmm. because we want to represent POC uh, people and we want more diversity in media uh, and I think it's a really good thing that it's actually coming becoming kind of like the next thing because it's really important that we represent a lot of different types of people and like um, that we can accept the fact that everyone doesn't look like one mold you know it's just not realistic yeah uh, that's not how the world looks yeah um so yeah a lot of that goes back to like colonialism because pakistan used to be uh, colonized by british so mm. everyone there has like a british complex we call it yeah. like hey if you speak english or if you have a more whiter skin than the others then you're seems to have like a higher status in yeah. the social gathering so yeah, they kind of like, they rule over us for like a couple of hundred, few hundred years. And then they, even though they were the minority in the region, they set the standards of exactly. what's acceptable in the society. We were second rate citizens in our own country. Mm. And so when, when anyone colonized someone, they strip away your own culture. So you kind of hate yourself. Yeah. And then they present themselves as, oh, this is, this is greater than what you are. I guess that's the whole mindset of colonialism that you guys are savages, you cannot handle yourself, so I'm going to come take over your land. Yeah, then... I mean, that that's pretty much what it is. Mm. Like, I, It's so unfortunate that you have to think that way about yourself when 
you're supposed to be happy about like your culture, like where you're from, and you shouldn't be shame like f- feel like shameful about it. But I mean, when I was growing up in Sweden, like um, even in school, I would be the only Asian kid there, mm-hmm. and it's like, why does it have to be like that? I mean, back then, I guess. I don't know what it was, but it just happened to be that I was the only person that had like ethnic, ethnic, what yeah. a different, different ethnic, ethnic background, yeah. and um, in a way, it really made me feel like an outsider. And I don't know like how it was for you, but for me, it was like really terrible because. I just didn't know where I belonged because,、mm. I mean, I'm not really Korean in in a sense because、uh, I never grew up there. But in Sweden, nobody really sees me、mm. as Swede. Yeah. So where do you even put yourself? So in a way, it's like hard to kind of accept yourself、mm-hmm. for who you are,、mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're young. Everything's everything feels like a threat, and like you kind of. Push away everything that feels like home sometimes because you feel like you have to kind of fit into a certain mold or a standard and to be able to feel like you belong somewhere. And、um, I think that's just the part of the process when you have like immigrant parents.、Mm. Yeah, but like. There's nothing you can do about it except like kind of understand that you have to accept yourself at some point、yeah. and、uh, learn to like yourself in that way that you have multiple cultures and that there could be good things about it as well.、Mm. Are you still connected to your Korean roots? I would say I am in a way. Uh, because I mean I dance to K-pop, which、mm. is like a really good contribution to like. Uh, feeling like I belong to a certain culture,、uh, but also I don't know, just being able to、uh, visit my grandma and like travel to Korea, it also brings me a lot of joy、mm-hmm. because then I actually get to learn more about things that I've never experienced before. So yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm connected in a way, but not in the same way. I think.、Mm-hmm. I would if I grew up there like entirely. Yeah, the issue of identity is like really weird and touchy topic. Yeah. Like even now, like people are afraid to be judged if like. I remember in high school, people would say, "Oh, are you Indian?" And then I would say, "No, I'm Pakistani." They're like, "Oh, sorry, 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 I didn't mean、mm. to offend you or anything." I'm like, "No, that's not offensive. We look similar, so、mm, there's、yeah. not many differences." So it's more about just having an open dialogue and looking past my identity. I'm not just a Pakistani.、Yeah. I'm Musa. I'm my own person. I have my own ideas. Exactly. And just be judged on those ideas. That's what racism is basically: just judging everything by appearance and not like. Yeah. What the person is really capable of. Yeah, but I think it's also it also has to do like as a person like where you grew up. If you grew up in a family that's really close-minded and you didn't really have the opportunity to meet different kinds of people、um, from different cultures,、mm. it could be more difficult to understand、mm. like from a different point of view, I guess. And、uh, in a way, I think it's also important. To be responsible for yourself, that you kind of expose yourself to more different kinds of people. Yeah,、uh, it doesn't like I think I don't think in this in this time that you can really、um, blame it on like close mindedness because I mean we have the internet and、mm-hmm. like the media exists for a reason and、uh, we can all be more connected、mm-hmm. now. So in a way, I think it's a responsibility you have to have that you. Kind of need to learn more about different, like different cultures and、yeah. different people, for sure. Are both of your parents from Korea? Yeah,、um, my mom grew up in Korea and moved to Sweden when she was sixteen, and my dad has been、um, uh, adopted from Korea,、uh, so he came here when he was like、mm-hmm. a baby.、Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So I guess you didn't have much conflict of your parents having like different, more 
conservative. I don't know if they're conservative or not, but different, like a Korean mindset versus you having grown up here, have a Swedish mindset. I guess mm. you don't have that conflict. Um, or do you still actually, have? A, a bit, mm-hmm. I would say. Like my mom's pretty conservative because she still grew up there like the first 16 years of her life. So mm-hmm. I think in a way she still... Uh, connects a lot with the Korean society, but she's also very open-minded. So, it, I mean, it depends on what topic we talk mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes she does tell me, like, yeah, you. It kind of shows that you're you grow grew up here because you have so much more freedom and like in, in Korea it's a lot of like fight or flight situations yeah. and uh, you kind of have to survive in a different kind of way and then here in Sweden yeah. I would say so in a way I guess that it's obvious to me that we're different but we're alike in a lot of ways as mm-hmm. well yeah it's hard for people to move away from their own family values or like their ancestral values Mm. because one of the major things with any ideology or religion is that people might not understand it but they know their forefathers have been doing the same thing so we're going to keep doing the same thing and in that regard exposure like you said is the most important thing the more you get exposed to different ideas Mm -hmm. the more open-minded and more accepting uh, you get yeah like when I was in Pakistan, I had a completely different mindset. I grew up very religious mm-hmm. and so I had conservative values. And then I didn't have much access to the Internet, even if I did. Like I was more focused on my own like reality. It was like uh, study, 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 yeah. or, like just like small world that I lived in. But when I like I didn't know Lithuania was a country. That's how ignorant mm-hmm. I was. And then I came yeah. here like my best friend is Lithuanian. Mm-hmm. And then uh I was lucky to go to an international school here, so everybody feel out of place, so nobody yeah. feel out of place. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that mm. was lucky. And then like we had people from all over the world with different skin colors, different yeah. ideologies, different sexualities, whatever you may call it. And then I think that was really helpful for me to open my mind. And especially with my parents coming here, they also became very open-minded. That was a big shock to me, actually. Really? I never expected some... Uh, some issues that my parents handled, they handled them really well that I wasn't expecting them at, uh, yeah. to handle it. And I guess I was really proud of my parents in a way that way that uh, it's hard when you grow. I'm what, 24 and my parents are like in their 50s or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when you've grown up for like 50 years with the yeah. same ideas and same ideologies, it's hard to accept something else. Yeah. Because... When you're an adult, you kind of like look at yourself like, okay, I'm a complete person. I have my ideologies. I figured my life out in a way. Yeah. Or I figured the way to reach there, you know? Yeah. And then to completely divert from that is like super hard. Yeah. That's why you usually see like old people very conservative because they're just stubborn and they're like, okay, I was raised this way, this way. This was how things used to be back in the day. I'm not yeah. going to accept any of that. It's mostly the thing that they're attached to, like their values, is what the person who they really are. Yeah. And if you strip away that ideology or those principles, like who are they? And they're old, so they don't have a lot of time to figure this all, everything again. Okay, mm. this is, let's just take religion, for example. If, yeah. a, if a person is a Muslim, and then he's been Muslim for like 50 years. And then suddenly he realizes this is not the right answer. Maybe Christianity, Judaism, whatever, atheism, whatever is the other answer. Yeah. So he's not going to feel comfortable just letting it go because yeah. that's part of himself. And leaving a part of yourself is really hard. Yeah. And spend so many years and then you don't have another 50 years. If you're lucky, you might have 50 years, but you don't have another 50 years <laughs> yeah. to figure everything out. Another path of life. I'm just rambling on. I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) No, no, I really get it. Like, um, I guess it's easier to hold on to things that you're, uh, like, uh, used to. Hmm. And um, for sure that older people have a harder time maybe understanding, like, change changes Mm -hmm. in general. Um, But also I think there are people that are more open-minded and has always been that Mm -hmm. way. So I don't think um, it has to be that way, but I guess it has to do with, like, 
how your mind works as mm-hmm. well. Like, yeah, well, I, I really agree to the fact about stripping away like your self identity. It's hard to just leave that part of yourself mm-hmm. um, without something really big happening. I feel like when you actually experience something, that's when you understand like how much of a difference something makes. Like, I think I read about it. Like, when you turn 20, you're supposed to be, like, your identity is pretty much complete. Mm -hmm. Unless something really traumatic happens to you or you have, like, a big event that kind of makes you change the way you are. Um, But if it doesn't happen, it could be harder to, like, kind of change how you are as a person. So... I don't know. Like, I think it's different from... It's like a case-by-case mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, scenario. Yeah. But yeah. That's a really interesting fact. Most of my days are traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Then you must have, like, must be changing gone through, constantly. like, a metamorphosis. <laughs> yeah. Every day, mm. I'm a new person. Yeah. But what's been, like, the most life-changing experience for you? I mean, in a good way or a bad way? Uh, it could I mostly be both. have bad ones. <laughs> oh, really? I mean... <laughs> no, no, I mean... Anything. Well, some changes are just, like, handed to you by your life. Like, moving to Sweden wasn't my decision. It was my family's decision. So that was, like, a major major change. Yeah, for sure. And some, some changes, I guess, you adopt yourself. Yeah. But for, like, your self-identity, what kind of changed you as a person, if you can remember, like, that one moment... I guess the most the turning point was when I tried to commit suicide. Okay. And I was a coward because I didn't do it. Mm, I mean, <laughs> I was, I was I'm too, glad you didn't do it. I, I was too scared to do it, and I was too scared not to do it because life was horrible. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that nobody's actually going to help me. Like I have to. I guess I had this like uh, fairy tale way of oh somebody's gonna come. my life is gonna change mm-hmm. somebody's gonna come and save me and pick me out of this situation, and then when I realized now everybody is responsible for their own life and their own decisions. Like of course you cannot change every circumstance that you have. Like yeah. life is life. You have people who affect your life. You have institutions that affect your life. But the turning point I would say would be that I realized that. I have to focus on the things that I I can control. Yeah. I guess going back to what we were discussing about being insecure about different things about yourself. Yeah. I I saw this like TED talk, Mm -hmm. which was about this lady who was a psychologist. And she said, most people have two kind of insecurities, Uh, an inferiority complex that you feel inferior to other people. Like uh, I'm not as good at the job I do or Mm -hmm. I'm not as pretty, whatever, whatever. And then other people have superiority complex, which is also bad, which is, oh, I'm greater than other people. I'm the best at this, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But she said the what we should focus on is the interior complex. I, I thought she named it interiority complex, okay. whatever. She coined the term, which is you should only compare yourself to others. And now... I look back at my life, how horrible it was or the things that happened to me. And then I compare my old self. Mm. I brought it up with my other, <laughs> in my other podcast as well. I was talking to my friend about therapy and stuff. Yeah. And so I call my old self little bitch. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> okay. And so I saw that old person like going through some horrible stuff. And then when I compared it to my situation right now, and then when I feel depressed now, then I f- look at it feels weird to look back at something very traumatic as a source of inspiration. Mm. But it is because when I look back, I feel, yeah, I went through that stuff and I was young and I was stupid at the time, more stupid than I am now. And I still, I'm still alive. I still went through it and I got out of the tunnel alive and well. Yeah. So I can still do that. I can still face challenges. I can still overcome other things. Yeah. I think it's a really healthy way to, uh, self-reflect like i don't know i think i've been depressed as well but it was like i don't know like i feel like it's easier to think about the bad things that's happened in your life than to actually reflect on the good things that happened and um, like 
being able to convert something really traumatic into like inspiring you it's mm-hmm. like a life like mm-hmm. life changer i think and i think i've done that as well um because i feel like everything has a purpose in my life whether it's coincidental or it actually happened for a reason i don't know but mm-hmm. it happened it happened and then i kind of went through it mm-hmm. and it's what makes me into the person i am today and i think that's something you should always be able to be proud about mm-hmm. and i think it's like a lifelong journey to be able to accept what has happened and getting through it and actually being happy that you you're still alive and mm-hmm. you can uh, experience new things so i think that's like how i'm trying to view my life right now as well like everything mm-hmm has a purpose to me and um whether it's like something really negative or positive it's it doesn't matter but it has like an impact in some way mm-hmm. um and i think it's really important to think about yeah i don't know it's like really it's just really easy to fall into kind of putting yourself like self pity mm-hmm. is like pretty easy to do but picking yourself up and trying to move past it it's a, a lot harder to do mm. but once you've done it it's just good you know yeah yeah the difficult thing about life is that you never through you never through a str- like you never done with the struggle if yeah. you went past one finish line the 100 more waiting and like uh, yeah going back to what we mentioned like according to psychology that the reason why human beings focus more on bad memories is because our like evolutionary like uh, brain has developed that way mm-hmm. because when we were like like living in the jungle or whatever like we were cavemen and then if i went and i ate like a bad mushroom and then that gave me poison like back in the day you didn't have medical whatever science yeah. so people had to remember all the bad stuff that happened to them so they cannot like do those same mistakes again. Mm. So you know the environment back then was really dangerous. You have to be careful of predators yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So you had to constantly remember all the bad stuff that happened to you so mm-hmm. you can it's a survival mechanism so yeah. you stay alive. And then we've developed with the same brains now that we always when we think back yeah. we tend to focus on all the bad things that happened. Yeah, I mean it makes sense mm. in that way. But like nowadays, I think a lot of people kind of think about it. Like I don't know, like I have a lot of friends for example that has a lot of like problems with relationships and like finding love because of the fact that oh, they don't want to go back to dating because they've experienced something really bad. or like they had a really bad breakup with someone or something mm-hmm. like that. But I think it's hard for people to realize it's also a way to actually move past it. Yeah. And when you know more about like what you don't want in life, then it's easier to actually kind of find the right way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I mean, doing mistakes isn't a bad thing and you shouldn't ever feel like you've failed just because something bad happened to mm. you even yeah. if you fail you just accept that as a failure and then just keep moving the problem is when you stop because of that exactly. failure yeah even taking that example it's hard to convince another person okay you had like a bad divorce you didn't find love mm-hmm. it's hard to convince them to go after it because there is no guarantee that they'll find it next time yeah maybe they won't find love the next three times maybe you have to go Yeah. on the fourth time because yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing with us human beings that there is no certainty like life is so complicated and confusing mm-hmm. uh, I, I, i saw a meme life is actually like uh, a monkey with a wrench trying to fix a plane <laughs> like we don't know what we're really doing <laughs> yeah i mean that's just the way that is and uh, i just think it depends on like how you view mm-hmm. things yeah i guess it's easier to just think like oh well why should this happen if it's easier for a bad thing to happen like it kind of like takes away uh, like it's easier to think like it kind of takes away the chance of something good happening to you i guess if you understand what i mean yeah 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 um yeah like the mindset of having um 
like experience that are positive because doing something good in general or for yourself is actually harder than doing something bad mm. like making money is harder than stealing money waking up going to the gym working out having a good physique eating healthy is harder than just being lazy eating trash and not eating at all so all the good things are way harder than yeah. all the bad things that we have access to i guess that's what like makes people like depressed or feel sad or whatever mm. because it's harder to do bad go into bad habits and adopt bad habits yeah i really agree with mm-hmm. that okay yeah. moving on to less depressing topics <laughs> 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 I love your fashion sense by the way oh, like thank well, you. <laughs> well like today I when I was like picking my clothes what should I wear to the podcast I was like she's really like she dresses really well so Aww. I, I want to be like I don't want to disappoint you know <laughs> myself and her <laughs> That's very sweet. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really think of it. So I hope like you like way. my new hoodie. I think it's really cool. <laughs> I like it. I really like the pattern. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. But how did you develop your fashion sense just like I don't know. I've always been into fashion mm-hmm. I think in a way. Um I always felt like I don't know. It maybe maybe it sounds really cringy, but when I was younger, I really felt like, oh, I had to look special for mm-hmm. myself and I felt like different from everyone else. <laughs> so I felt like, oh, I have to find the next thing that's like that feels really taboo to wear. Mm-hmm. And like what I found was like <laughs> uh like street Japanese street fashion book, I think, and like uh sewing what's it called like homeschooling class or something like, like that home economics uh, home economics mm-hmm. exactly that's the topic yeah and i was like i found this really crazy picture of a girl with like crazy like cyberpunk fashion with like spirals in her hair mm-hmm. and like neon prints and like uh knee socks and i thought it was really cool and mm-hmm. i was like Yeah, that's the look I'm going to go for. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be like a normie. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to be inspired by that. Yeah. So after that, I was like like in middle school, I was like, yeah, I just want to look how I feel inside kind of. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I just been very into it because it's the easiest way for me to express how I mm-hmm. feel and like no, I just really appreciate clothing mm-hmm. for that reason that uh you can look like how you feel inside mm-hmm. uh without actually expressing yourself like and talking about it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. And um I've always been inspired by punk fashion and like alternative fashion um because I was really into um rock music. I'm still I still am uh and like um I feel like it's still a very big part of my identity in a way. But back then it was like a game changer. I was mm. really like fascinated by like how people could look so different and so unique and it's it was nothing i've seen ever before because i grew up in like a it was supposed to be like a good christian asian family <laughs> and it was really taboo to yeah. be anything else so back then i was like wow <laughs> i just want to be that kind of person yeah. so yeah i i just feel like it's a fun way to express yourself and um I don't know I don't really like the whole concept of fashion trends and what's trendy and what's not and what what's accepted and what's mm. not like that's not for me I feel like if you really like something you should just wear it yeah. um it doesn't really have to do with anything else as long as you're comfortable and you feel like it's good for you and you feel like it fits with your identity mm-hmm. that and if, if it's the way to make you sort of happy then i think that's mm-hmm. just a good thing you know yeah so i don't know i just love fashion it's uh funny mm-hmm. and it doesn't always have to be so serious you know because a lot of people they have like this um stereotypical view of like oh fashion is so well it has to be so uh, serious and mm-hmm. um there's a certain way you have to look to mm-hmm. look stylish and what people don't understand is that it's really not mm-hmm. and there's a lot of fashion that 
doesn't even have to make sense. Like, I don't know if you've seen pictures, but like, there's a lot of hot couture fashion that's like, well, I don't know, like someone's wearing like a rubber duck as an outfit, <laughs> and they would be like, yeah, that's cool, that's for me, and like, I don't know, it's just another art form, mm-hmm. and it's just, uh, it's nice. How long do you take to choose an outfit? Uh, I don't know. I have it pre-planned in my mind. I think like you have it. Yeah, okay. like my mind is like wired that way. That I always know what to wear or like what I want to wear depending on what mood I have or like what I want to express mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. But I've like cleaned out a lot of my wardrobe because I feel like right now at least I feel like minimal. Fashion's pretty nice, but then again, I don't know what my brain will tell me. Like mm-hmm. in a few years, yeah. so maybe I'll become that crazy um, street fashion girl again. Mm-hmm. Shave Who your knows? Head. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> why not? Maybe. About <laughs> maybe I don't really know. I change my hair a lot. Yeah, if you didn't yeah, notice, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just funny, and. Um, I think people should be more, um, um, just like explore more about mm. what they want to wear, because I know there's a lot of friends uh, I have, for example, that are like, oh, but what? How do you dress like this? Like, I I could never wear this myself. I I'm not confident enough. But it's all about like you just have to find what's good for you and like rock it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be accepted for anyone else. You just dress for yourself. Yeah, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's how I feel uh, about fashion. Mm. I would say I have really simple. Like I don't have any fashion sense. I have some really simple clothes. Like my normal growing clothes are really simple, like yeah. a hoodie or whatever. But then I also have like some. Uh, cool stuff yeah like you know remember the jacket the red the jacket yeah we had a photo shoot it's in. so cool yeah 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 and then i would wear something like that because i just i really like that kind of stuff as well yeah and then then my friends would say hey is that yours like uh, <laughs> uh, do you really wear those kind of stuff yeah why not yeah i just do whatever i feel like doing it doesn't yeah. have to be like stick to just one kind of trend or whatever nah but nowadays i've noticed a lot of fashion is being recycled from like early 90s or whatever it is it's going back to like 20 years back Mm -hmm. but i think it's like a theory people have in fashion that um what's trending right now was like the fashion trend like 20 years back Mm -hmm. so they always like to go move backwards Mm -hmm. uh so it'll be interesting to see what fashion is like in like 50 years Mm -hmm. like maybe what we wear now would be like the norm then Mm -hmm. like what's vintage or like hipster i guess yeah but what's gonna be vintage in 20 years when we're we're the ones wearing the vintage clothes from 20 years ago that's so true (laughs) i'm not sure yeah be interesting to see but there's also like a commercialism aspect of it because a lot of uh researched about it the yeah. companies nowadays are really banking on nostalgia. Nostalgia yeah. is like a really good thing to like, it's like guaranteed money. So if you see all the movies like Hollywood, 90% of all the movies that come last three years yeah. are either reboots, prequels, sequels, yeah. remakes. There's really any like original stuff you coming You know, on. I have a really burning passion to hate like um like remakes i hate those disney remakes because i don't know for me it's like there could only be one original uh movie of like disney or uh, i mean like aladdin or beauty and the beast and all those cartoon movies like you can't remake them then you're destroying the point of like having that special Mm moments with yourself as a child yeah like for me i don't really like that at all but the investors mm-hmm. have the money not yeah. me <laughs> did you watch the lion king live oh actually? yeah i really hated so that i hated it so much yeah. like the one thing i have a burning hate for is like when they animate realistically like animals and make them like into humans when they're not supposed to be like mm-hmm. either you have to make it cartoony 
or you don't make it at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing in between that, like, for me. Because in cartoons, you can actually express emotions while you're doing, like, the whole reality CGI yeah. thing. There's no emotions. Exactly. I remember, like, uh, Lion King was, like, my absolute favorite movie growing yeah. up. And then, uh, like, I was watching, I had, like, a VHS tape of it. I uh-huh. would play it over and over again. Yeah. And I remember when someone would come, like my uncle or whatever, they would change the channel, I would start crying. Oh. And so, you know how uh, that scene where Scar is holding Mufasa and say, long live the king, and yeah. he lets him go. Yeah. And so, I was watching the real life, whatever it's called, the new version. Yeah. And then, there's no expression on or the scar on Mufasa's face, and he just like, long live the king, lets him go. I'm mm-hmm. like, where is it? What's like, the point of this what's anymore? What's the point of making this movie except for making money? Yeah. Like, I hate when people just make it just for the sake of mm-hmm. making money. Yeah. Like, you can you can't really see like the effort people put in anymore, and I mm-hmm. think that's a real shame. Not to hate on people that do like really realistic uh, digital animation. I think it's fantastic that the technology exists Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's used for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. according to what i think yeah uh it could be used in a way where you can create uh new stories with people that actually have new content not just recreate things that already has been Mm -hmm. done yeah. Uh, there's so many creative people out there. Why do you choose to remake something yeah. that's already been done? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like it's such a waste of, like, good talent. Mm-hmm. I sure. agree. Okay, moving on to the last segment. I always ask my guests yeah. this question. What is the purpose of life? Or what is oh, no. <laughs> your purpose of life? I get the same reaction every single time. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's according, a good question. According to you, maybe you have like, doesn't have to be a philosophical one. Could be, okay, I want to be a famous model or I want to... Mm, purpose of life. I want to do this dance really good. Like anything like a big goal or something that you have in mind. For me, my purpose is to just experience new things mm-hmm. and... Um, just living my best life i would say that's like my purpose just to stay alive hopefully not die (laughs) soon and just be my true self yeah how long do you want to live what's the ideal age (laughs) (laughs) i don't know until um like i would hate to become like old and uh, not be able to move around and be like the person I am right now like when I start to lose my memory or like you don't want to be dependent on other people yeah that's what I fear a bit Mm -hmm. like I don't want others to uh, take care of me in that way I would hate Mm -hmm. for people to do that instead of like um, I mean, live their lives by themselves. Mm-hmm. So hopefully until then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. You never know. you never know. <laughs> we keep changing. We keep developing. Yeah. Guess what's my ideal age? People are shocked when I tell them. I feel like you would be. You would say like either 60 or 120. <laughs> There's no in between. <laughs> Mine is 30 or 35. Really? Yeah, yeah. What? Why? <laughs> I just feel like I've had enough. <laughs> really? Yeah. You feel like you wouldn't, like, uh, lose out on anything? Nah, I mean, human beings are always going to think like that. Oh, I wish I lived more or I wish, like, it's never going to be enough. Mm, but I think I'm content see. with what, how long I've lived so far as okay. well. <laughs> so interesting. Like, if someone said, okay, you're dying tomorrow, I'll be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Thanks for this life. But then you must cherish, like, the time you have right now a lot. Not as much as I should. <laughs> oh, but you should then yeah, if, yeah. like, 35 is, like, mm. the end goal. But it is. Maybe I'll change. It's just right yeah. now. It feels Maybe my goal would become 200. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows? Yeah. But that's really interesting. I've never heard anyone uh, say that mm. uh, 35 is, like, their oh. ideal age to die. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. You want to promote any your Instagram or 
your R10 group. Or? Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if people followed my dance group at official R10 uh, mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll put it in the description as well. That'll be awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. Yeah, thank you for time. having me. It was great. Thank you for listening. Peace be upon you all. Bye-bye.